0: Hey everyone, welcome in to another episode of Real Sports Talk by Naraj Hope you're all doing well And on this Wednesday, March 16, 2022 A lot of things to obviously get into and always talk about So thank you for tuning in, checking out the latest episodes of Real Sports Talk by Naraj You can find obviously more of my episodes, my previous episodes on Apple, Spotify, Radio Public, Overcast, Amazon Music, and many more platforms. Do check it out and do share. Appreciate that. Uh, a lot going on, obviously. Uh, things are getting uh, more and more uh, interesting and fun as you know March Madness is upon us. Already we had some action last night with the first couple of matchups. Uh, a lot more to come this week, so There's gonna be a lot of college basketball, um, obviously, NFL free agency continued rolling on. Um, with today, I think being the first official day that everything that's been reported truly finalized and then some. So you have that going on. The NBA, obviously, we're seeing a lot of players heat up right right now. Kyrie Irving obviously dropped uh, 60 points yesterday. Um, you know, so there's a lot of good performances going on and we're getting closer and closer to the conclusion of the NBA regular season you know obviously we'll miss March Madness Bracket it's about to get started as well um, and obviously Major League Baseball as well with all the frequency stuff kind of rolling in and teams starting to prep up for spring training There's gonna be some uh, great things to watch as we go along Wrestlemania uh, is coming up also I think in a few weeks or so so there's a lot to look forward to, a lot to get into um, and definitely this is a place to hear the latest and takes about everything going on so, so by continuing my outlook for some of the playoff teams, I've already gone through most of the Conference teams as Western Conference teams um, so now I'm going to talk about some of the Western Conference teams and a team that I want to start with uh, for today is the Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks um, are, I think, 42 and 26 right now. Um, the Mavericks have been playing some really great basketball um, over the last 10 games. I think they're eight and two in their last. Uh, to be that elite player, superstar player. Um, for this team right now um, you've just seen him do it all in a, in a lot of different, different ways You know, ever since the trade of Porzingis to Washington obviously it has opened up a lot of opportunities for other guys to step up um, but Luka obviously is the face of the franchise and he is playing at an all time level right now and getting it done in a number of situations and Jason Kidd obviously has had a good run so far being able to get better, um, you know, better things out of this roster as a complete. So you look at Spencer Dinwiddie; he's been contributing well, fitting in well, providing that extra guard play and needed scoring punch that they need on their team. You know, you look at Jalen Brunson and uh, you know as Smith. You know, you're seeing you're seeing some nice positive things from this Dallas Mavericks team. You know, they are being able to match up with some of the best Western Conference teams playing their best. Their defense is is improving in some aspects, Um, you know. So, you're just seeing a lot of activity from the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Their roster playing at a really good level right now in terms of just being able to, uh, you know, facilitating pretty well, you know. Being able to just kind of find their touch, be a little bit more creative in terms of when it comes to being able to, you know, maximize certain things. And, um, and they are a team that, you know, could be a sleepy one or a dangerous one in the postseason. Uh, now, they have been playing well for the last few years. Obviously, the lack of playoff success has kind of been the main issue. They have haven't been able to get past the first round I th- quite some time, I think. They, they've done it. You know, so that is the key for that team is doing that. But, you know, you're all seeing Jason Kidd, you know, do what he's been able to do over his course of his career. You know, he's getting guys coached up fairly well, uh, but it's about results now. And, you know, despite Dallas having a lot of success, I mean, Luka Doncic and this team, you look at how they're constructed. And you know, I still think that they need a few more pieces to really, truly really contend for an NBA championship. But obviously, weird things have happened, crazy things have happened throughout a season. So you never know with this Dallas team and any other team that could go could go on a big, big run. Um, yeah. But we're seeing Luca do things that he's obviously been able to do so far in his early in his career. Um, and the key thing is now can he put all that together and deliver in the postseason? That's really the big question for them. For them, if you think about it, but. Before I get into all that, um, you just look at this team overall. You know, you, they have some good matchups against some of the best teams in the Western Conference. They've looked formidable. They've been able to rally from deficits. They've been able to find uh, guys stepping up, and you know, they have a few injuries. But other than that, you're seeing guys play well. I think Davis Bertans is someone that needs to do a little bit more and step up a little much better. Um, but it's a young group with a couple of veteran players. And they just have to find a way to produce um, when it matters the most. So, the two biggest questions for the Dallas Mavericks, I would say. uh, I think the first um, question for Dallas is, can Jason Kidd um, coach this team well? um, uh, In terms of just being able to get them out of the first round. And that's really where I'm going with it. I mean... Jason Kidd had a few stops throughout his coaching career. You know, he's had some success being able to do some things well, but we know that playoff basketball is all about adjustments and rotations and coaching at times as well. Yes, the players matter, and their you know their abilities and their you know tangi- intangibles matter. But I think for this Dallas Mavericks team, they're looking for more playoff success, and Jason Kidd is the one that. Really needs to find a way to coach well. Can he put Luka Doncic situations in their first-round playoff matchup uh, where they can really uh, play well and adjust well to their defense? You know, can you see him get the best out of Doncic and this Mavericks team when it comes to adjustments and rotations in the postseason? You know, getting out of that first round is really important for that team. Um, just because they haven't had a whole lot of success getting past the first round. You know, so the like key throughout, quite a bit of experiences throughout his coaching career with the Bucks and the Nets. Um, it's time for Jason Kidd to show what he's got in postseason, putting Luka Doncic in spots where he can be successful, as well as Jalen Brunson and others. Uh, it's about team basketball, also about how does to, how to Jason Kidd coach this team. When they when things get tough, when things get rough, and they have adjustments to make in the postseason, and you know, how does he how does he make it work? And then the second biggest question I would say for the Dallas Mavericks um, is you know will this supporting cast uh, show up and play meaningful basketball and meaningful uh, moments against some of the best teams in the Western Conference? Dallas has an interesting team, some young players, a couple of veteran players. Now we've seen throughout the time where they obviously have shown some stretches where they play extremely well, and then they just can't finish it. You know, they cannot finish it. And so, uh, the key thing is: can the second unit, can the supporting cast around Luka, you know, play consistent basketball? Can they? you know bring it every game of the series and especially in those games when they have a chance to close it out can this supporting cast hit shots can they can they hit? Can they knock down those outside perimeter shots consistently enough to give Dallas the ability to finish off these games I think that is really really important because we've seen they've had a 2-0 lead before and it's kind of slipped through their fingers um, because they just haven't been able to get that consistent shooting they've their defensive you know, efforts have been, um, you know, inconsistent. So there's shots. Can they defend consistently well enough, um, you know, in the postseason? Because look, Lucas is a great player, and obviously his defense is still something that continues to be talked about. But he has shown some strides this year a little bit. But it's gonna take a lot more than that. This this supporting cast is gonna to have to do a lot more uh, to make it work. And, you know, you have Dinwiddie, you know, you have Brunson, you have all these guys. You know, they have to be able to knock down shots and deliver and, and really be able to, um, you know, play meaningful minutes when Luka might need some rest or when he goes to the bench. You know, so this second unit and the supporting cast, you know, you want to see guys create their own shots, go after it and put up points uh, to keep this game keep the games obviously in, in, manageable and you, know, you just want to look at to close it out you know that's the goal for the Mavericks is being able to have Luca look those moments where he can have a chance to win it or tie the game or even win the game and so I think that's really important for the Dallas Mavericks is really having mean didn't Bertans and Brunson all these guys really shoot consistent shots uh, on the outside and the So now I want to talk about the Denver Nuggets who are forty-one and twenty-eight. Uh, Nuggets obviously have been dealing with quite a bit. Obviously they haven't had they haven't had Jamal Murray or Michael Porter for most of this season, but Nikola Yota continues to play at an MVP caliber level that he has been in his career. Uh, just really doing it all for this team. You know, does the impact on this team, getting this team to play motivated and and focused and they obviously had a big win recently against Philadelphia and Joel Embiid you know so Denver is a scrappy team where Mike Malone obviously has done a tremendous job of getting this roster to play at a high level you know Jotik's leadership along with a few other players on this team have really stepped it up and played some you know consistent basketball where they remain right in the middle of things in the Western Conference um, we've seen Will Barton play extremely well uh, Jeff Green has been doing some nice things. Demarcus Cousins, I think, is there as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, so you've seen some nice play from their bigs. Uh, their depth has showed up. Monte Morris has been able to do some nice things as well. Uh, Aaron Gordon continues to provide that versatility that you need on the court. So Denver has been able to do some good things. Their spacing, their ball movement has been really on point a lot. Uh, during this season and so their hope is obviously to get back maybe Porter um, or Murray uh, maybe at some point Uh, I mean depends on obviously how the injury is and how the course of the rehab is going but could very well happen where those two might be able to come back Um, you know time will tell um, but they are a team that has been able to do some good things and Yochik continues to just be so good. I mean, his efficiency rate, his overall uh, IQ on the basketball court is tremendous and this helped this team really be solid in a lot of areas this season. So I think the two biggest questions facing Denver Nuggets, I think the first question is, you know, will they get any type of version or close to the 100% version of Jamal Murray and Michael Porter? You know, as I mentioned before, like, um, I haven't really followed Michael Porter's injury or Jamal Murray's one as closely, but both guys may have an outside chance to play in the postseason. In the first round maybe it's gonna to be tough, but you know, if they do get back Jamal Murray, let's say in a week or so, or they get back Porter or get, get back both in some capacity, you know, will they get you know, great Will they will they, have, will they have enough in terms of being able to to win in the first round? You know, uh, with the, with these two. You know, this Denver team has had its moments where they've had some great runs, but they obviously had a an abrupt end to their season last year, and then the bubble. They obviously to the Western Conference Finals. So, you know, the key thing is that with this Denver team in the postseason, you know, are they gonna get? gonna uh, get some kind of production from Murray when he comes back. Can, can he be that type of player uh, that he was pre-injury to help this Denver team be successful in the postseason? Yochik is going to obviously get double teamed and do a, show a lot of different things in the postseason. So, you know, how well does this Denver team respond around Nikola Yochik? I think is a big question. And if Jamal Murray and Mark put our back in some capacity, can they do enough to help this team? Uh, get past the first round because the play off run. I think the second biggest question for the Denver Nuggets is can Mike Malone uh, you know get it done? And what I mean by that is we've seen throughout the time of all these NBA coaches that there comes a point in time where you know you have to be able to put, put forth the results. Right? And so Mike Malone has obviously turned around Denver been since, since he's been there as coach but now it's all about results it's all about can you coach this team even more better than you've done and can you do it in the postseason you know Malone obviously has an impressive resume no doubt uh, in terms of his wins and what he's done for the Denver Nuggets but you know they have some nice talent here uh, that they've gotten over whether via free agency whether uh, trades Denver has been kind of building a good team for a while. You have Nicole Jokic, who's one of the best players in the NBA. You have Jamal Murray as well, who's you know a solid player as well when he's healthy. You know, so can you get can you get results with this with this group overall? You know, um, can you get results with with this team overall with the, with the talent that you have? that you've been able to acquire, you know, can you get some meaningful results? And it's the case for a lot of these teams in the NBA with all the superstars and free agents that they're trying to land and get. But for Denver, it feels like you've seen you've seen Nicole Jocic so much, you've seen Murray so much, and this Denver team being the postseason consistently for the past three to four, four or five seasons. And now, can you just break through, if you're Mike Malone, can you break through to this team and get this team uh, past? You know the first round, second round. Can you get back to the Western Conference Finals or a Conference Finals appearance at least? I think that's a big thing for Mike Malone. Is that he's done? He's done some nice things. You, you know, but he's kind of falling into the same thing that you know, you know. Mike Bullenholzer has. They had this had this thing for quite some time, right? For a number of years, Bullenholzer was also kind of facing the same kind of questions and things uh, during his tenure with the Milwaukee Bucks, but they stayed with him. And he finally broke through and delivered. So I think that's the same thing for Mike Malone. He will need a little bit of luck, obviously, in the Western Conference to get past maybe the Warriors or the Suns or you know Utah Jazz. But you know he's got to show something even more different and better than he's shown in recent memory in the postseason. So in this next segment, I want to uh, just recap some of the action that we saw on NFL Free Agency uh, Day Two. Um, I covered quite a bit, obviously uh, yesterday's episode, and obviously there's more deals that continue to be happening and taking place. You know, the, the Deshaun Watson rumors continue to continue to circle around. Obviously, the Saints, the Panthers. Um, the Cleveland Browns are interested in his services. And so Houston obviously is looking for the best trade offer they can get. And it will happen most likely by the end of this week. According to some, some of the sources that are out there. So there's a lot of intrigue on that. Um, but in the meantime there's some teams that obviously have made some trades. Addressed their depths, their concerns on their roster. And so I just want to go through some of those uh Deals that have been coming through and talk about those. So let's start with the one that was a really surprising one, uh, considering how it turned out. And that is Randy Gregory, uh, defensive end, agreeing to join the Denver Broncos on a five-year deal. Um, reportedly, he'll get 70 million or, or so. Um, and you know, it was reported that he was returning to Dallas. Originally, he agreed to return to Dallas on the on the same number of uh, years but there was something in the contract that Randy Gregory and his kids and wasn't too sure of and so they he changed his mind and so now Randy Gregory joined the Denver Broncos um, which really is shaping up to be a crazy uh, AFC West because you just look at the num- number of players Uh, that have already signed and what that division is going to look like next year it is going to be a really big challenge um, for the Chiefs to win that division again considering all the moves that Denver has made uh, what the Chargers are doing and the Raiders at some point will be getting involved as well you know they will also be getting involved at some point Um, I mean the Raiders have to make some moves and I thought they had made some reportedly I talked about it yesterday but uh, they are continuing to kind of find, uh, kind of kind of wait and see what they can get. Uh, but Randy Gregory, he joins Bradley Chubb on that Broncos defensive line, who they also picked up. Like I think another defensive tackle or so. You know, so Denver is having a have a, you know their defense is looking more formidable in the on the defensive line. Their secondary obviously had a lot of success last year. So I mean. Randy Gregory has had his fair share of issues, like legal troubles and other issues off the field. Um, he did produce well for Dallas at times when he when he was available to play, and so Denver is taking a risk on this one a little bit because obviously he only had maybe about 17 sacks or so um, throughout his career. Um, you know, I think that's what his number might be, but. He is a player that with a new scheme and a new fit uh, might be able to do some good things overall. Um, and as for Dallas, uh, definitely a big loss for them just because you know you have Demarcus Lawrence on one side who resigned for a deal, uh, but now you have to address the pass rush situation. And that was one of their strengths last year as a team, their defense being good on the defensive line. Now they have a lot of questions there in terms of who will come... Who will come and fill that void and so that von miller has been re- reportedly interested in dallas and um time will tell if you know dallas defense will be uh be able to be better or they'll be able to overcompensate for that but for denver is definitely a, a big move just because you know you have chubb who's been developing into such a solid pass rushes you got like a like a, like a nice tandem there of guys who can rush to the quarterback and do some things so Uh, They are looking really good on defense and wouldn't be surprised if they have the best defense in that division heading into the next football season. Uh, You have Marcus Williams, um, who was a free agent from the Saints. He is joining the Baltimore Ravens on a five-year deal. Um, Marcus Williams has been one of the best safeties since uh, he was drafted. By the Saints, and he was one of their best players on their defense. Really doing a lot of different things, making plays with his versatility and his range. You know, getting interceptions, making important tackles. And he chose, he the a Baltimore Ravens secondary that definitely needed a boost. Uh, needed some needed some uh, energy because the Ravens had a lot of injuries last year. They struggled in their secondary quite a bit, but now he joins Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters couple other guys and that secondary looks a lot better than it was last season You know, with his leadership with his ability to find the football to make some good hits you know he definitely will help the Ravens a lot because their matchups they have against some of the wide receivers in their division uh, but also in the conference as well it really fortifies a, a strong need for them and you know Baltimore definitely needed a, def- a, a safety that could bring that that kind of hard hitting, that leadership, that playmaking abilities. Um, so one of the things that the Ravens have done well throughout their history is being able to get safeties and um, put them in the positions to su- su- succeed. So I think he will be an impact player for that defense, and they'll need all of him if they want to make it back to the postseason next season. Uh, you have the Buccaneers, uh, who signed Russell Gage to a three-year deal. Um, now this is probably a significant move only because you know Chris Godwin obviously is still rehyped from the ACL injury. So Brady gets another weapon on the outside with Mike Evans and with a few other guys there. Um, Russell Gage, you know, joining leaving Atlanta and going to Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, he's a nice player that's been been producing well throughout his career, although. And now he'll get a chance to play with Tom Brady in this offense, which he will get a lot more targets thrown his way. So, you know, he'll be a player that'll fit in nicely. Um, as for Atlanta, I mean, you know, it's kind of a tough time for them right now because, um, you know, Calvin really obviously is going to be, um, you know, he's suspended for the, for the year unless he appeals it. Um, So, Matt Ryan, Arthur Smith, this Falcons team, really, their weapons right now on the outside are looking pretty thin right now. You know, outside of Kyle Pitts and maybe Hayden Hurst, um, Atlanta's got to address some needs on their offense, especially their wide receivers, uh, because they just don't have a whole lot there now. Um, So, hopefully, they fix that around because otherwise, Matt Ryan's in for a long season as well as Arthur Smith. So, look at some of the other signings. The Carolina Panthers um, signed Deontay Foreman to a one-year deal. Um, Panthers obviously are trying to address some spots that they can. They're not spending a whole lot of money right now on anything because they're focused on Deshaun Watson. Um, But Foreman does bring at least some kind of, you you know, he would be able to kind of take some load off McCaffrey when he comes back and is healthy. You know, he had some nice moments with the Tennessee Titans um, last year, and so, you know, he will provide something for that offense at least when McCaffrey needs to take a breather or something like that. Like, the running game definitely has to improve, and Matt Russell still has a lot of work to do this offseason to make this team even better than they are right now. The Steelers have added a couple of offensive linemen to their... To their team, uh, they re- they signed Levy Wallace, cornerback, uh, to their secondary. So the Steelers are trying to obviously fortify their offensive line, address some needs, something that they should have done last year a lot better. Um, so the Steelers, despite uh, their, you know, you know, with, with Ben being gone, obviously it's going to be a new kind of look for the Steelers. You know, with Trubisky and um, and. Mason Rudolph there. Um, we'll see. They're just trying to fortify the offensive line because they have a running back in, Najee Harris, who obviously had a, a decent rookie season, but we know that could have been a lot better if that Steelers O-line o- was playing better. They've addressed some of the, those needs in, here in the free agency period, but a lot more work to do in the draft, I think, for the Steelers uh, to make this offensive line back to some version of of a, of a good one You know, for this football season. At the Giants signing Tyrod Taylor to a two-year deal, um, this move honestly, um, you know, isn't overly exciting because we know that they had to get a backup quarterback anyways. Uh, if anything, you know, Tyrod Taylor obviously has been a journeyman throughout his career since he left Buffalo, and I think the more important thing for the Giants is they actually have a competent backup this year. You know, because last year obviously Glennon being there wasn't too much of a help at all. Um, You know, so at least they addressed the back quarterback spot where Tyrod Taylor does provide some type of security. Uh, You know, Dan Jones obviously will be the starting quarterback next year, it looks like it. Um, But as a competent backup, might be able to do some things well. Maybe could help because he's familiar with Buffalo and their. You know, their front office and Dave will maybe to to some extent. So maybe, you know, you'll see some positive things from Tyrod Taylor in terms of his leadership and his impact, maybe on Daniel Jones. Maybe there'll be a a competition, maybe. Remains to be seen, but I do like the the signing from the standpoint of having a more competent backup this year than compared to last year. And hopefully that'll fix some other things in in that quarterback room as well. Then you have the New York Jets who signed cornerback D.J. Reed and Jordan Whitehead the safety. A um, couple of nice moves for the Jets secondary, obviously they had one of the bottom ranked defenses last year. Um, Marcus May obviously has departed and gone to the New Orleans Saints now, a 3 year deal. Um, so he gets a fresh start there. Um, but for the Jets, you have Whitehead, who's a pretty young player, was a pretty, uh, you know, start for the Buccaneers last year. You know, so they add Whitehead, they add DJ Reed, who's a decent cornerback, will be able to help their young group a little bit. Um, so they're they're having a nice off season so far. You look at their defense; they've added a couple of guys. Offense, they added a couple of people, so they're moving along the right direction. Um, you know, the outside of that, as I mentioned before, off, off the top, you know, there's still some notable wide receivers and teams that haven't yet made moves yet. Uh, the, the, Sean, the Sean Watson situation definitely is uh, affecting a lot of these free agents for sure, in some capacity or not. Uh, but I think we will we will see some more deals start to come in. You know, there are obviously players that are being re-signed and locked up for the foreseeable future. Um, a key thing to watch, although, going forward, I think, in free agency, is to see where does Jarvis Landry end up, you know, where does Allen Robinson end up. Those are two big guys, two wide receivers, along with Juju Smith-Schuster and a few others that are definitely looking for uh, new homes this off season. And we'll start to see some, some of these veteran teams, some of these playoff teams from last year start to make some moves as well to address those needs. Uh, but it should be a, a lot more coming on in today's, you know, Today's you know, a uh, free agency action because the official deals come in and everything becomes official at 4 o'clock today on Wednesday. So uh, hopefully more to come with free agency and I will get to that um, as it comes along this week.